Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Turning Up with the Turners podcast. The purpose of these podcasts is to help people find their identity in Christ and to realize that you can accomplish anything you set out to do and to reach your generation with the gospel, showing people how they can live pure, fearless, in a life full of freedom. Here's your host. Hey, everybody, what's going on? This is Elliot and Deidre Turner yes. with our first episode, Turning Up with the Turners. The Turners. Let's go. We know y'all have been waiting for this. Yeah. We've been waiting for this. We're super excited. Um, today, we're just going to get right into it because we yeah. actually got to get on the road. But um, we're going to be talking about how to have a successful first month of marriage. Just, just kidding. We're not. Obey your husband and don't speak in the church. Come on. Come on, babe. You Just got kidding. it. That's the word of <laughs> we God right there. We're not talking about that because we are newly married and we are learning and growing, but it's been great. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding, guys. It's We're not going to be those people that get on here in the first year of marriage and say how you can have a fruitful <laughs> marriage. Um, we're not those guys. But our first month, almost two months now, have been actually awesome. Yeah. But that's not what we're going to talk about. Because I could talk about this beautiful yeah. lady all day long. Yeah, we're going to just go into our testimonies because we just think it's important, like launching into ministry together, that mm-hmm. you guys know what we came from. And like, you know, neither of us come from a ministry family. We, you know what I mean? It's like, and God can just, he takes ordinary people and uses them. Um, so yeah. we just want to share with you our testimonies and what we came out of and what God saved us from. Yeah, and then we'll also be dropping two podcasts weekly this we're only doing one this week uh which will be mo- like pretty much our testimonies as deager just said mm-hmm. but um we're super excited to be dropping content to you guys and just also you know tell us what y'all want to hear about mm-hmm. you know we'll we'll uh make podcasts off what you tell yeah. us y'all want to hear we really want these to be encouraging Topics. faith building and just you know, a podcast that you can come to and just, you know, your faith be stirred and you just be empowered to, you know, preach the gospel and, you know, just move forward. Absolutely. Well, babe, let's, uh, let's get in our testimonies. You go first. All right. I'll go first. Um, so, you know, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, a Christian family. I didn't come from any of that. Uh, when I was about 13, my neighbors actually invited us to church. You know, they were constantly inviting my family. And, you know, I was about 13 and I was like, I want to go to church. You know, uh, my fam- a lot of my family, I'm half Italian. So a lot of my family's Catholic um, on my mom's side. So that's really kind of my only experience I had at this point of church. And I was 13. My neighbors invited me to church and it was like sh- straight Pentecostal. People were falling out and like, you know, uh, just a... 13-year-old girl, I'm like, what is going on? Like, these people are weird. Um, But then the lady called me up, and she's like, she starts prophesying over me, and she's like, you know, she's like, you're going to be a great woman of God. All your family's going to be saved because of you. Um, You know, you're going to be in ministry. And I've always remembered it. Like, even growing up, I've always remembered that prophecy, but it it didn't really mean anything to me. Um, And then... In high school, my brother's best friend that we actually grew up, Cole, he's our youth pastor here up in New York now, um, but he, his family went to the church and he was always like inviting my family. Uh, we would go here and there. My grandma actually was like, she went all the time and she was saved, you know, constantly asking me to go to church with her. Um, 
And I remember it was Easter of my senior year and I, w- I finally just went to church with my grandma because I like, I was in a dark place, you know, I was confused. Uh, I grew up without my dad. You know, there's a lot of just abuse in the home. And, you know, I had like such a hatred for men to the point where I even was confused in my sexuality and I dated women. I was dating men, drinking, smoking, just super lost and just you know, deep in the things of the world. I was depressed. I was always anxious. I just had such a hatred in me for men. Like it was just such like heaviness, you know? Mm. And I remember, um, that Easter I went to church with my grandma and I remember I felt the presence of God. Like I just felt the love of God. And, um, I remember going up that, that day and giving my life to Jesus. And I didn't really know what that, that looked like, but I remember ever since that day, I just, you know, just, I felt like God was with me, you know, and I felt like something was happening in my heart, mm. although I didn't know how to be a Christian, you know, but yeah. I, I gave my life to Jesus. I wasn't discipled. I didn't know what mm. I was doing, but I know that God like began to work in my heart and in my life. And I remember that same exact Easter Sunday, a woman at the church came up to me and she said the same exact thing that that lady said when I was younger. She was like, you're going to be a mighty woman of God. You know, you're going to be a leader. Women are going to be saved because of you. And I, all I could think of was that time when I was 13, when that woman said that over me wow. and I just started weeping and I was like, Oh my gosh. Cause you know, like just this whole life of sin and just lost and broken and you know, hope finally, there was finally like a glimpse of light. There was finally hope. And like I said, I didn't know how to really live for Jesus at that time. Um, so I just kind of fell back into the things of the world. And then that summer, um, me, my brother, and Cole, we all went to the Upper Conference, which mm. we still have here. And it's crazy that, like, I, you know, spent so much time working with, with the Upper Conference, and it's the same conference that saved my life. Yeah. And that summer, awesome. I went I went to Upper Conference, and this is, mind you, this is a few months after that Easter. It was that same exact summer. And the message just hit me. And I, like, like everything just made sense to me. And I realized that my sin was separating me from God because mm. I didn't really know that my sin was separ- separating me from God. It's like, I, like I wanted to serve Jesus so bad, but I didn't have understand that sin is what separated me from him. Yeah. And a lot know? of people don't understand. Yeah, that. they don't. And they like, it's just crazy. And I, whenever I preach too, I try, like, I hit that. I'm like, man, sin separates you from God. Cause mm. I wish somebody would have told me that, that, mm. that same exact Easter Sunday, you know, like pulled me aside. Hey, let me disciple you. Sin separates you from, you know, cause I would be way further, but I remember that conference, that's where I understood that. And I answered the altar call again. And that's when I really like got like just encountered God, like encountered like the fire of God. You know, I was out. It was it was just a wild experience. And ever since that day, I just never went back. You know, I got plugged into the church. Um, my leaders kind of took me under their wings, Pastor Cody and Pastor Mindy, and they really just raised me up. I've been, you know, running with them ever since. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God's just been so faithful. Um, I went into Bible college. I graduated and I've just been doing ministry. I've been, you know, just seeing women encounter the same thing that I've encountered. And yeah, that's my testimony. It's just crazy to see where God's brought me from. I think that's the quickest I've ever told my testimony and hit everything I wanted to hit. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was fast, man. It was good. You uh, hit big details. But that that's so good because people, people want to serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like they will encounter that love. They'll encounter his presence. They'll realize that there really is a living God, mm-hmm. but they don't know how to live the you know yeah. Christian life. They don't yeah. know how to live. And that's why it's so important to like be plugged into a church. Like people are like, well, oh, I yeah. can be a Christian and I go to church. And, and it's get like, discipled. okay, but you're just gonna, you know, if someone's not discipling you, the world is, you know what I mean? So it's like, 
you need to be plugged into a church. You need to like find some leaders and, you know, pull from them, you know? hundred mm-hmm. percent. Amen. Well, that's my wife. <laughs> uh, she's amazing. But yeah, your, te- your testimony is so powerful, babe. Thanks. But um, yeah, so my name is Elliot Turner. Um, I grew up with uh, my mom, which is an amazing woman. Uh, I love my mom. Uh, but I didn't grow up with a good father figure in my life. Um, I didn't have my dad really there. He was in and out of jail. I grew up in a Christian home. My mom always brought all, I'm the youngest of five. My mom brought all five of us to church, made sure that we stayed plugged in in church as much as we could. Uh, where we lived, there was a lot of religion, so there was no really good churches around where we were. So it was kind of like, I don't want to go here. This is boring. And so um, this was like one of those churches you go and then you try to find the furthest row in the back to fall asleep in. And um, <laughs> that's just how it was. But anyway, so, you know, I grew up in, you know, a Christian home. Uh, my dad, I had seen my dad get arrested three different times that um, not really knowing scarred me. Like it definitely did something in my head and I, you know, I was scarred of all of that, but I didn't really, I didn't really acknowledge it. And I had a lot of unforgiveness towards my earthly father Mm -hmm. that I didn't even know I had. And so anyways, fast forward a little bit. When I hit the age of 13 is when I started smoking weed for the first time. And I was getting involved with the wrong crowd. Always something in me drew me to the wrong crowd. It was like I knew the right people to be around, but everything in me was like, don't be around them. Be around (laughs) these people. And so um, I started hanging out with the wrong crowd, started smoking weed. And at the age of 14, I found myself, you know, snorting my first line of Molly. And, you know, it, it just started going very bad downhill. I see my, our media guy back here. He's like, dang. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, just very transparent with you guys because that old man's dead anyways. But um, so it was going down very fast. Um, and, you know, and I had seen miracles. I even spoke in tongues. There was times where I was high and I was speaking in tongues because I was tripping and I was like praying in tongues and some of my friends would be like, what the heck are you saying, bro? And uh, I'll be like, and I wouldn't even know I was like saying it out loud. I was like, oh, am I saying this out loud? And um, so anyways, uh, at the age of 16, I moved to Tampa, Florida, started going to high school. My junior and senior year, I went to high school in a, a school in Valrico, Florida, got involved with the wrong crowd immediately. Started, uh, I got on the soccer team, was playing sports, partying, drinking all the time, smoking. And um, so I found myself my senior year. I got in a bad relationship my junior year, but that ended bad. Then I got in a relationship my senior year. And about eight, not eight months before I graduated, I ended up getting this girl knocked up. And um, it was very... It was a very uh, scary moment for my life. Uh, I thought I let everyone down. I thought I let God down, which I had been letting him down the whole time. But I really, it was like something actually hit me in this moment. And uh, she ended up having a miscarriage two, three months into the pregnancy, which also did not settle well with me. And so I just started drinking. I started smoking even harder. And I just, I started going right into the trap that the enemy had for me. And uh, three months before I graduated high school, uh, I was at my friend's house 
and we were all just, you know, smoking and all this. And I started to die in my friend's house. I literally, all my friends were asleep. And I remember I was sitting on a couch and my body, I literally started to die. I can't even explain it. Um, I started to die on my friend's couch. And when I was looking up at this, I was looking up at the ceiling, laying down. And as I was looking at the ceiling, I started dropping, dropping and dropping. And I started getting further and further down and I couldn't see anything around me. Now, a lot of you watching right now are probably thinking, brother, whatever you had was some good stuff because you were tripping, bro. But it was not that. It was, I had, I bought from this guy many times. It was, nothing was laced. It was, it was all good. I, in fact, I had smoked that same strain literally the same day and nothing happened to me. But I was on this and I disappeared and I couldn't see anything. I couldn't feel anything. I never tell people I went to hell because I didn't see flames, feel flames. I wasn't tortured or anything. But I remember I was in this dark, like all dark and I couldn't move my body. And I felt demons literally everywhere around me. It was like the devil literally was fighting for my soul, like literally trying to kill me that night. And I remember I said, God, if you save me, I'll live for you. God, if you save me, I'll give up all this and I'll go after you with everything in me. And I remember it was like I came back straight to my body. I came back and I sat straight up out of the couch and I was like, what the heck just happened? Everyone's still sleeping and I'm like, what just happened? And I heard the Lord speak to me so clear. I've never heard the Lord to this day speak to me so clear like this. He said, I've given you a second chance, son. Now pick up your cross and follow me. And that was it. And I remember I got in contact with my, actually, I told my mom the next day what had happened. And my mom looked me straight in the eyes and she said, son, if you ever touch drugs again, you'll die. And I was like, well, thanks, mom. Uh, I was like, thanks for the encouragement. But I pretty much got that last night. I know. Um, So I got in contact with my youth pastor. Uh, Pastor Alan Hawes, which was at the river of Tampa Bay where I ended up going to Bible school. I told him what had happened. I told him that I needed an encounter with God. I told him what I had gotten into, drugs, all these things. And he said, okay, you need to come to summer camp. And in 2017, the summer after I graduated high school, I went to summer camp. And the very first night, guys, I was so hungry. I remember I was sitting, uh, I, I was either in the first, I think I was in the second row. And I had my hands lifted up and it wasn't even that time. You know, a lot of people wait till like the altar time or like a certain time when they're like, you know, Jesus come touch me. But this was just, he was just preaching and I lifted my hands. I said, Jesus, I need to encounter you. So I'll never doubt that you're real again. Mm. I need to encounter you so that you set me free because I knew, I knew I couldn't go back to that, but I still had addictions. I still had things pulling me and drawing me back that way. So I was like, God, I need to be set free. I need to encounter your presence. I need to encounter your power. I need to encounter your love, God. And so I remember as my hands were lifted, the power of God, it was like everything at once. It was like the power, the fire, and the love of God literally just started coming over me. I felt it from my fingertips to my head, all the way down to my toes. And I was frozen in my chair. Literally, it was like I got plugged into a... a, a, a socket and my body was being electric. Like I literally couldn't move. I felt the power of God so strong. And I remember my, the youth pastor passed around and he, he said, Elliot, come here. And I couldn't get up either. I barely even heard him say that my ears were on fire, everything. And two ushers came and grabbed me, pulled me up and he gave me a powerful word and honestly, I don't even really remember it because I was so gone. But I, rem- I remember some things that he was saying that was really good. And I fell to the ground 
and I encountered a living God. Mm -hmm. And the third night at that camp, a pastor from South Africa, um, his name's Pastor PJ, and uh, some of y'all that are watching may know him, but he's an awesome, he's an awesome guy. He's an awesome man of God. And um, so he comes and he's, he's very like theatrical. So he's like, and God said, and so I'm like (laughs) listening to this, watching this guy. And I'm like, what the heck is this dude doing? Like, this is weird. So anyways, he says fire and like our whole road just goes out. Mm. We're on the ground. So anyways, he, he, he's like praying for other people and I'm crying on the ground and I'm, I'm sitting, I'm looking at him, ministering to people. And he looks at me, looks away and he looks back at me. He says, come here. So I got up and came to him. And he embraced me and hugged me. Mm. And in that moment when he hugged me, it was like the Lord made it to where I was hugging my earthly father again. And I started bawling. I was crying. Mm. It was literally like I was hugging my dad. And he pulled me back and he said, son, forgive me for not being there for you as a father. And he, and he said some other things. He said, if you would, let me go and forgive me. Mm. And I was just like, I forgive you, dad. I forgive you. <laughs> and, um, I fell to the ground, and in that moment, I felt every burden, every chain, everything that was holding me back from running after God, everything that was holding me back from experience the true freedom in Jesus fell off me. Mm. Anger fell off me. I had terrible anger issues in Mm -hmm. high school. It fell off me. Lust, all these things, pride, addiction, all these things started breaking off me. And after that camp, four days after, Instead of going to college to play soccer, I literally went to Bible school. Wow. Four days after that summer camp, I went to Bible school, did three years, and now I'm in full-time ministry. I lost to the full-time ministry about five months after I graduated high school. And I've, you know, it's been amazing what God has done, you know, in my life, through my life. And, you know, the best thing is he's only just getting started. And it's amazing now. Um, now I got a helpmate and we're kicking the devil's <laughs> yeah. butt together. But it's crazy. One thing that I want you guys to really get out of this is you heard the prophetic words that were spoken over my life when I wasn't serving the Lord. Yeah. You know, you're going to be a man of God. You're going to cast out devils. You're going to do all these things. You're going to see nations shaking. Things that were spoken over her. You're going to be an amazing woman of God, powerful. You're going to flow in the prophetic. You're going to do women's conferences. You're going to see hundreds of thousands, millions of people say all this stuff. But guess what? If we would have kept going down the path that yeah. the devil had for us, we would have never stepped into the path that God had for us, and we would never see the plan that God has for us. A lot of people stay in this, you know, I've talked to pe- I've literally talked to people that are well older than me, and they say, well, you know, I've had these things spoken over to me, mm. over me as well. You know, I, I've been told I'm going to be a woman of God. I've been told I'm going to be a man of God, but yet they're an alcoholic. Yet they're addicted to drugs, yet they're sleeping around every chance they get, yet they're doing everything that the devil has to offer them, throwing it in their face, and they're saying, well, I had all these prophetic words. You have to make a decision to walk in the plan and will of God for your life, or you will never see these things unfold for your life. It's just like me last year, a very, uh, you know, something big happened in my life, and I hit... I had a very low place in my life. It, it you know, it, it really kind of took, it took me off my feet and I was not doing well at all. And I had a, I had a decision to make mm-hmm. in my life. I had a decision. Am I going to let offense take me out? Am I going to let hurt 
take yeah. me out? Am I going to let the devil take, you know, you take what he's thrown at me and blame it on God and make me blame God for what happened and just throw my life down the drain? Or am I going to, you know, grow up, bounce back, let the Lord pick me up out of the miry clay and set my feet on a solid rock? Am I going to stop complaining and say it's everyone else's fault? And am I going to get back on the path of God? I could still be in that right now, but I had to make a decision. No, I will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, as for me and our house, we will serve the Lord all the days of our life. And you have to make that decision. No matter what comes against me, I'm going to serve Jesus. No matter what comes against my family, we're going to stand strong. We're not going to compromise. We're not going to look to the left or to the right, but we're going to stay focused on Jesus. And we're going to serve him all the days of our life, no matter what comes against us. And I feel like my wife's got something to say, so I'm going to let her say something. Yeah, no. So I, I feel like this just goes right along with it. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 30, it talks about the choice of life and death that mm. God sets before us. And it's like all of us have this choice. And it's it's literally in the word. And it, it goes over like you have a choice of life and you have a choice of death. And I'm just going to read it real fast. Come on. So it's um, chapter Deuteronomy 30, starting at verse 15. It says, see, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways and by keeping his commandments and his rules, then you shall live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering. Come on. But if your heart turns away and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring Come may on. live. And I just love that because, you know, God's literally saying, I've set before you life and death. Yep. But you have a choice to make. You know, we've made our choice. We're choosing life. Come on. But we can't make that choice for you guys. You can't, your mom, your dad can't make that choice for you. You have to make that choice for yourselves. Because if you choose life, if you choose to obey the Lord, then there's promises to follow that. You know, there's a life of blessing. There's a life of, you know, hope. There's a life of, you know, just so much good, but you have a choice to make. If you choose to turn away from God, to worship other gods, you know, to maybe you're like, I'm not worshiping any other gods, but can I tell you, if you're not for God, you're against God. It says it Mm. in the word. So all of us have a choice set before us, life or death. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm choosing life. I'm choosing the promises of God. I'm choosing to serve Jesus and yeah, no, and that's good. And I just want to encourage you, you know, even wherever you find yourself right now, you say, well, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know where I was and where I'm at now. It doesn't matter. If you make a simple decision, you say, Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, sit back on the throne of my heart, as Pastor Cody said yeah. yesterday in service. Sit, come back and be the king of my heart. I'm telling you, Jesus will rearrange things. Jesus will yes. turn around things. And the matter, I, I'm telling you, even if you've thrown your life away from years, yeah. if you surrender your life afresh to Jesus, he will come and renew everything Amen. in your life and he'll sit you back. You don't have to go through a 10-step program. Right. You just It's as simple as repenting, come on. giving your heart back to Jesus, and you see what he'll do with your life. Amen? So, like I said, we... We have to get on the road, so we could talk here all day. I know, honestly. We're like we're literally talkers. We're gonna have to come up with something because I just feel like, man, our lives are gonna be insane. We could just talk all day. But <laughs> um, yeah, so we this will be our first one, obviously, and then we'll be dropping. This will be the only one this week, but we will be dropping two a week, and we are super excited, guys. 
it is going to be awesome. What the Lord has put on mine and my wife Deidre's heart, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel that it's really going to bless you guys. And we can't wait to see what God continues to do in our lives, but yeah. also the testimonies yeah. of what's going to come in y'all's lives. We can't wait to hear. Share with us what these podcasts are doing in your life. Share with us the testimonies that God is doing in you. And we can't wait to hear from you. We love you so much. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Turning Up the Turners. We pray that this episode encouraged you and built your faith. Make sure you share this episode and subscribe. We will see you next time.